we've grown by 1,200% already in, in 2018. And this is the opportunity where you can really skyrocket the brand and enter into a lot of markets with this kind of growth trajectory that we're on. So by not investing in the channels that you need to invest in at these kind of moments, then you end up losing opportunities. You, you end up not being able to leverage this to the to its wholeness of its ability. So that's the kind of challenge where we are at the moment. Hence why we, there is a need for us to, to take on some serious investment and really skyrocket this opportunity that we've been given currently. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup U, inspiring, educating, and connecting the startup community to help you make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup U, the regional delivery partner for Virgin Startup. Each episode provides the story of an entrepreneur who talks us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes, who are the number one recruiting experts in the UK. Whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team, go to hayes.co.uk, quoting Startup U. Welcome to episode 81 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell. And on today's show, I welcome Chris Ingham, founder of Rejuvenation Water. Rejuvenation Water is a functional water enriched with amino acids, launched in the UK in 2016 and is now one of the fastest growing drinks brands in the UK. Really enjoyed chatting with Chris, uh, the link being Chris started up with a Virgin Startup Loan. Um, originally came up with the concept 10 years ago when he discovered the benefits of amino acids whilst at uni. Um, and after creating the drink, shifting the concept to a commercial scale. He's launched Rejuvenation Water in three different flavors. So it's been one hell of a rapid rise for Chris. Really enjoyed speaking to him about his journey and, and look forward to getting him to speak um, to you at one of our live events uh, this coming autumn in London. So without further ado, let's start up. Okay, so Chris, do you want to start off by telling me how long have you been thinking about starting this business before you actually went ahead and quit your job and, and actually launched it? So it was about 10 years before I actually launched it that the concept for Rejuvenation Water came up. Kind of when the gyms first started launching around the country, the David Lloyds, the Virgins of the World everybody was concentrating much more on the diet and that's when I spoke to a few nutritionists and dietitians and these guys mentioned amino acids to me which was completely foreign to me at the time and when I went away and did my research my question was why aren't amino acids mass marketable or on the mass market and why hasn't anyone jumped on this bandwagon mm. that kind of took me off on the adventure to find out why to play around with a few different concepts myself to be honest and then Nobody could really answer the, the, the question properly. And stubborn as I am, I went upon the, the adventure and, and launched it myself. And uh, talk us through that timeline then. So for, for 10 years from original seeing the gyms and seeing what they didn't have, so to speak, um, to actually 
launching in October 2015-ish. Um, what happened in between that kind of stopped you from um, launching the business and, and starting on the entrepreneur life? Well, I think first and foremost, if I'd have launched a business like Rejuvenation, what, 10 years ago, then we probably wouldn't have got too far off the ground. Yeah. That was a time kind of when social media was first kicking off. The big brands had a massive head start over everybody at the time. The consumer wasn't really that forward thinking when it came to innovation. Mm. So by us launching now, like you think back to the beginning of 2016, you've got the sugar tax being announced. You've got veganicity kicking off. You've got much more appetite for innovation, mm. which was a perfect storm for us launching. But going back to the start, 10 years ago, I was at university. Even 10 years ago, there was no such thing as an internship like an internship is today. So the transition from university to business, there wasn't really the stepping stones to get there. So 10 years ago, it was get yourself a graduate job. Um, yeah. did an economics degree. The natural transition then was into banking. That's the kind of the route that I went along that way. Mm. Never really found my passion within within banking and the banking, the regulation on that side of thing kind of changed a lot. And where at the very beginning of the journey, it kind of satisfied my entrepreneurial spirit, being able to go out there and add value and make money. It very much became a, a risk manager's job and I, it kind of had my creativity curtailed to an extent. And I kind of moved jobs in between. It allowed me to take some time to see what I wanted to do. I started playing around with the idea. And then when I started my new job in London, it was very laid back. So it allowed me to play around with the idea to a much greater extent. And then I had a couple of moments in my life where I had some perspective on, look, I've had this idea for this amount of time. Mm -hmm. If somebody else ran with it, I'd be the one who forever is going around the after dinner um, speaking circuit saying, look, this was my idea. It's now a hundred million billion pound business that someone else has created and I didn't really want to watch that go by hmm. um, so I got a team of consultants together to put together the recipe the ingredients the core packers and we kind of flicked the switch at a trade show in October 2015 do I quit my job or not is this yeah. something that somebody understands is the market right for us at the moment and we sold about 2,000 bottles in the first day and we had a lot of big 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 retailers interested so within six weeks after that, I'd pretty much quit my job to concentrate on rejuvenation on a full-time basis. Wow, really? That quickly? Yeah. For, for wow. us, it was complete. Even the way the, the banking contract was set up, I wasn't allowed to have a business while I was working in banking. Yeah. So it was completely binary. As much as I'd suggest if someone had an opportunity to do something like I've, I've done, then certainly try and build it up to an extent using your evenings and weekends where you can possible to be able to grow it so you you reduce the risk. Mm. But for us and for me exceptionally, we I went into it with two feet from the from the outset. Um, a very big risk to take your safety net of a salary out and straight into working for yourself. But mm. yeah, it was it was it was a big risk. And do you say when you moved for your job, whereabouts were you at uni? What what part of the country were you? Uh... I was I was at Lancaster University and then I okay. went to work for Nationwide Building Society in Northampton. So I spent six years in Northampton and then I was working for a Brazilian bank finally. And that was the excuse to move to London, really. And I think even being in London, being able to have the meetings, the network around you while you're doing banking, I kind of got introduced to a few conversations while I was playing around with the idea that only went further to cement what I wanted to do and, and where my creativity lied. And to start with, was it just yourself then at the very beginning or did you take on co-founder, co-founders? So ironically, after that first trade show, I went out to the market to look for a co-founder 
and instead I was approached by one of my now non-executive directors saying, look, you don't really need a co-founder. It's kind of like a buzzword in the industry. Yeah. What you, and even at that stage, it was completely correct because we didn't really, we weren't making any money. We didn't even have a product on the market, but everybody, like the, the advice at the time was you need a co-founder. Um, instead, a non-executive director worked much better for us. Yeah. So it was a case of somebody to translate the commercial acronyms of the FMCG market, having no ex- prior experience in FMCG or even business, someone to bounce ideas off, somebody to help with the first funding round, and someone to create contacts for us, for give us a few intros into the market here and there, which was what we really need to get the business off the floor to start with. Um, so yeah, no co-founder, but a non-executive director kind of filled that void instead. And out of interest, where did you find um said non-executive director was that just through network that you, that you already had just for advertising i think oh, I, used, okay. I think i used escape the city at yep. the very beginning to recruit a co-founder and it was through that co-founder advert that a non-exec came to light okay and um talk me through how you how you put the um the recipe together uh, how long was it for you to the conversation i often had with like food and drink brands is that the uh, one of the major challenges is actually finding somebody to manufacture what they want in the in the quantities that they want, um, whilst retaining you know quality control, etc. Completely. Um, starting with the recipe probably took us about a year to put together. Um, I mean, the recipe is essentially suited to my taste buds, yeah. which, as you find out after two and a half years in business, everybody has a different palate. Mm. So even though it tasted great for me, I took my brother down there for like a tasting session. We were trying different apples, different mints, different strengths of ginger, different acidity profiles, different sweetness profiles, and essentially piecing the jigsaw together to what drink we wanted at the end of it. But absolutely, we had a conversation with so many different co-packers, but some of these guys wanted us to do 50,000 minimum units per skew, and obviously having three skews. Launching at day zero with no demand, having 150,000 units in a warehouse wow. <laughs> would have just completely wiped us out of working capital. Uh, yeah. We managed to find a, a more bespoke co-packer that we're still with now, in fact. Uh, mm. We've managed to negotiate some better commercials as we move through the kind of growth trajectory that we're going through. But uh, the, they've, they've invested a lot of time and effort in the business like we did at the start. And... That's kind of what you're looking for to begin with, someone who believes in what you're doing and is willing to invest some time and effort. There's going to be a few things that go wrong along the way and having the ability to have someone bought it in from the co-packing and technical side of things allows you to iron out those creases. If you go to some big company who see their time as absolute money and don't really see the, the value of investing into a small business, if they do take a punt on you and something goes wrong, they're going to just put you down by the side and let some big producer come in there and take the production capacity instead. Mm. So it's, I imagine a lot of drinks barely even get off the ground because of this problem. Um, but yeah, finding someone who actually believes in the product and what you're doing and what the philosophy of the business is allowed us to, to launch day one without having to invest our entire capital into the first production run. And was that a case of just going through... Um, a whole list of different options that you had or did, again did you manage to get any contacts with the industry 
I put it together as a package with the consultants that we first got together with. They essentially were tasked to make sure there's no reason that someone hasn't done an amino acid drink already as a non-food tech guy. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing something that's blinding and there's a reason why someone's not done it already. Mm. Uh, but then it was a case of, okay, put the recipe together, put the ingredients together and find me a co-packer. So it was, it was kind of like an all-in project for them. And when you look at competitors there are that are out there at the moment i mean i, I suppose it has no relation when you look at when you were starting out and you're looking at things like vitamin water and however many other yeah. options there are like that out there now that's uh completely yeah doesn't bear any resemblance to what, what you guys are doing um i mean it, it's kind of exploded somewhat in the, in the last couple of years but the problem with that is as well there's almost like a secondary market that's opened up for people to take advantage of this growth and not all those people are as honest as they make out. We've been involved with a number of people that are simply out there to make money for their own best, uh, for their own interests, not the interests of the people that are actually trying to get a business off the ground at the same time. We've been taken for a ride on a number of occasions. Okay. One occasion, we were involved in a quite a large scam that came out of Spain that almost brought the business to its knees in its first year. Um, so there's been a lot of humps along the road. But there's a few people out there that operate even now that, that work some people have completely different experiences. I can only talk from my experience and to say there's a few cowboys out there as well. So don't take everything for granted and don't take everyone's word for exactly what it is, I'd say. So do your due diligence before entering into it. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say there's, there's so many drinks and food brands out there already, like asking the question, do you know this person? Have you had operations with them in the past? Have you had any dealings with them? and see what people say. Usually if they're well-known enough in the market, you don't have to go too far to actually find someone within your network that's had some past dealings with them. Mm. If something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. tread carefully. And, and did you take anyone or any brand as your inspiration when you, when you were looking to, to launch a drinks brand yourself? I mean, there's quite a large alumni from 2015-16, but I think mm. all of us set off at the same time without really knowing about each other. So from the Birch Waters to the Seltzer drinks to the other kind of innovative drinks that are out there, we were all doing our own little things within our own little pigeonholes without really knowing about each other. Mm. It was maybe a year later when we're crossing paths at trade shows and we're all seeing growth together as an innovative section of the market, taking market share from the big guys is when we really got familiar from each other. Um, I mean, you could look back at Vitamin Water and say, yes, there's some inspiration from there because it was set off by one guy who had a vision for what he wanted to do. Uh, and that was innovation. There was no such thing as innovation in the soft drinks market. I mean, the most innovative thing that was brought to market was probably Cherry Cola. Yeah. And that's probably speaks volumes for innovation, yeah. what was come through in the 10 years prior to that. Mm. Um, but then the vitamin water guy kind of changed the market in terms of putting something in there, actually creating a drink that was a functional drink and even like the LucasAid to the market, they've kind of lost their way a little bit trying to reposition themselves as not a sugary drink, mm. even though their actual philosophy is to be a glucose drink. They've now launched a glucose drink without glucose. So they've kind of had their way lost a little bit with their yeah. like LucasAid Zero, and it used to be a, a sports drink and replacing nutrients. Mm. All of a sudden they're trying to create something as a hybrid for the market to be able to fit into the the different categories that are ongoing at the moment. Mm. So yeah, it's a minefield and the, I think the bigger guys, I mean, he's a, even as a smaller guy, which we are very much a smaller guy in the market, we have the ability to be able to turn things around quickly and keep our finger on the pulse of, of innovation and what's going on there mm. from, from the very bottom up. While the big guys, 
the kind of movie regulation more than moving with the market mm-hmm. and you kind of get a subsect of the consumer market opening up where if you look at the typical LucasA drinker or the a Coca-Cola drinker it's probably someone who aspires to be healthy but likes that because they're thinking they're being healthy while yeah. still getting the sugar while the people that we're really appealing to is people that do actually pay a lot of consideration towards their own health mm. willing to go away and do their own research and find out why amino acids are so good for them yeah. why the, the health concept is what it is these days so there's kind of people that want to be healthy but like sugar and yeah. people who are healthy and are concentrating much more on the health rather than the actual sugar content and do you think you've you've come along at a time where you don't have to completely educate people as to what your product is, that people get it pretty quickly? I think we've changed, we've pivoted somewhat over the last probably 18 months or so. We first launched as an amino acid drink. And honestly, I think we probably lost 75% of the market straight away when we started talking about not so wow. much the market as in the market as a whole, but the consumer. If I'm talking mm. face-to-face to the consumer, and talking about these are the benefits of amino acid, this is what amino acids are. I think a majority wouldn't have been able to tell you what an amino acid is apart from their experiences at school in, in chemistry and biology. Yeah. So from there, we've kind of repositioned ourselves as hydration plus mm. with the fact that we've got five grams of plant-based protein in the drink. I think everybody understands the importance of hydration and certainly everyone understands much more about proteins than 10 years ago as well. So by leveraging messages that are already in mainstream market, it allows us to become much more mainstream as well. And yeah. that really hit home when we were talking to the Waitrose buyer when we got the front of store listing. It was a question of, okay, what do you see rejuvenation is now? And what does it need to be to fit within the fixture where you currently see us? Mm. And it was all about hydration. The food to go section, it's not about the health concept. It's about the basic needs of a customer coming in there very quickly to pick up a sandwich and a drink, hitting home with the, the hydration message. And especially having a summer like we're having at the moment. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> anything from this, that everyone's thinking about hydration. Mm. But there's a much bigger movement towards hydration plus, not simply just drinking a, a plain bottle of water, having something that helps you deal with life or find shortcuts in life, whether you want to be able to balance out the social commitments and work commitments and your own health at the same time it's it's a seesaw which is not very easy to balance so providing some a product that enables that to an extent is something that people are actually looking for at the moment i believe and and what were some of those first steps or the, or the first one that enabled you to get your product into the hands of mass consumers which kind of like the supermarkets did you approach i think i went the old-fashioned kind of looking back at i'd suggest this route to many other people as well if you launch day one into a supermarket you've been exceptionally lucky and someone's taken a punt on you it's, mm. as, it's as simple as that somebody's seen a product that's that they want on the market on their on their supermarket shelf and it's not there and it's not available by the big guys great you're in the right time in the time at the right place but that's a lot to do with luck rather yeah. than anything else we started off within central london and it's the most innovative part of the country with the rest of the country lagging behind probably a year, probably a little bit more than a year, in fact. Mm. So launching innovation, it allowed us to concentrate, bearing in mind we're based in London as well, it allowed us day one to go out there and do the field sales. We need to get the product on the shelf yeah. to build up that demand. So we were in a lot of independents. We're probably in 150 independents, ranging from cafes and delis through to like the boutique gyms so like equinoxes bxrs the bikram yogas of the world and these kind of gyms really understood the product itself 
So the amino acids have been in the gym kind of forum forever. Yeah. So yeah. we really wanted to bring the, the health benefits out of the gyms and into the mass market, but doing it in a way which didn't necessarily have to concentrate on the mainstream gyms, but concentrate on the boutique gyms. The people who go to these kind of gyms are the urban professional. Our kind of bread and butter people actually want to concentrate on their their health. They have the spare capacity in terms of earnings. They just don't have the spare capacity in terms of time. Mm. So that allowed us to really create a following and an, and a tribe of people that, that follow the brand, mm. which meant that when we made the step up to the next stage to the supermarkets, we already had followers. So even now we'll in our Waitrose listings, we've got a very London centric demand where we're doing a hell of a lot of drinks, most of it based in London, that's picking up the rest of the country. But week by week, we're, we're acquiring more and more customers on a national basis mm-hmm. and seem to be keeping those customers as well. There's a lot of repeat kind of custom in those kind of areas. So as we're getting our messages further in the market and the products being sent further from a, a nationwide distribution perspective, we're, we're acquiring many more customers on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, is your products in the supermarkets in your hometown? Um, not really. Um, yeah, in fact, the Morrison's headquarter store or the old headquarter st- store on Ruley Avenue um, is probably the closest listing to my family house and where I grew up. Right. Um, so, yeah, that has a certain sentimental value to it as well. I bet. Um, yeah, yeah. Even being, when we're based in Battersea. Mm. down in South London and for whatever reason there's four waitress stores around us and we're not in any of the four waitress stores <laughs> around here um, no. but the nearest one to us is the Clapham Common store and that's the biggest selling store in the country so it gives you an oh. idea about where the concentration of our kind of following uh, certainly based. And are you given the weather in, in the country are you having a, a very good summer have you noticed like a marked difference from, from this time last year? The problem is this time last year we weren't doing 10% of what we're doing this year so I don't wow. really have a, a yardstick to measure Not the success yet. against. No, no. I mean, we can talk in terms of hurdle rates and where Waitrose expected us to be and we're doing 160% of their hurdle rate each week on a consistent basis mm. and that's without investing a penny into marketing. Really? So it's purely organic. We're just about to go into our first promotion period at Waitrose so we're at we're hoping to acquire a lot more custom from that but it gives you an idea about when people see our product on a shelf it sells itself yeah which for us we're doing like another funding round at the moment so we're kind of bootstrapping the business to an extent and if it wasn't for waitress being able to sell like we're doing at the moment then we'd be in a much more sticky financial situation so this this mm. organic demand and this organic following is a lifesaver for a business like ours and how, how have you managed to um to cope with that growth with regards to, to, to building the business? Um, I know you started with a Virgin startup loan. Did you have like, private money as well? Have you, did, have you gone to VC or Angel? What kind of route have you, you chosen? Uh, we've done, uh, we've, we've already raised about 400,000 in funding over the first two and a half years. First one, first funding round was from Angels. Second one, we did a large Crowdcube, Crowdfund okay. at the yeah. beginning of 2017. So, we raised 190 grand there from 260 investors. Hmm. So then that set us up for the rest of the year. And then we've tapped back into our investor base a couple of times to do some bridging rounds. Yeah. Um, we're kind of on the transition now towards some institutional investment. And that's what we really need to, to really realize the potential of our brand. If we're already doing the kind of figures we are doing within the supermarket sector without any investment, and hmm. especially no investment into marketing, 
and imagine what what we could do if we had the actual 12 month marketing plan and 12 month sales strategy which were which we don't currently have because we're having to take each opportunity as it comes pretty much at the moment yeah yeah no absolutely and and what do you find the you see coming up to year three i think you said um what's the biggest challenge in the business that you, you find right now or some of the challenges that you're coming across um, i think funding and being and the job problem of cash is king is always a problem yeah we now deal with much bigger customers than we did a year ago and naturally you need a much bigger working capital buffer to be able to deal with these customers mm. they don't care whether you're coca-cola or whether you're a, a rejuvenation water of the market if they order stock they expect it to be delivered and there's been a number of occasions where we've we've outstripped demands outstripped supply yeah. um which from the outside looking in could be a good thing but for our perspective we need to be maximizing every opportunity that we get mm. so situations like that we need to be covering off our working capital Working capital, having that extra working capital buffer means we take budget away from other things. Yeah. So it kind of R&D, new product development, marketing to an extent, and even investing in human resource, which is vital for a business at this kind of stage, has all been put on the back burner while we simply try and satisfy demand, um, yeah. which, is, which is an issue, which is a problem, because when you're looking at a business where it stands now, you've got, we've grown by 1,200% already in, in 2018 and this is the opportunity where you can really skyrocket the brand and enter into a lot of markets with this kind of growth trajectory that we're on so by not investing in the channels that you need to invest in at these kind of moments then you end up losing opportunities you end up not being able to leverage this to the to its wholeness of its ability so that's the kind of challenge where we are at the moment hence why there is a need for us to, to take on some serious investment and really skyrocket this opportunity that we've been given currently Mm, yes, it, it just kind of corroborates what I've been chatting to. When we did our, our London event a couple of weeks ago, and it, exactly the same answer from like guys at Ugly Drinks, Candy Kittens, um, Snaffling Pig, Primal Pantry, all those guys, exactly the same challenges and the kind of the time scales that the supermarkets will, will pay you on and all that kind of stuff, really, in, in your industry. Yeah. Nothing my, that you don't my, know. <laughs> yeah. My biggest problem as well is that I'm still only the full-time, the only full-time member of staff in the organization. So you're speaking to Chris Singham, the founder and CEO at the moment, but give it 10 minutes and I'll have a marketing hat on. <laughs> give it another one. I'm doing buying ingredients from all over the world for our next production run. We're launching into another major supermarket come September, October, which is going to be our biggest order to date. So we're having to make sure we've got the right funding in the right places. So essentially there's not too many minutes in the day there where I'm not working to be able to, to balance and juggle everything at the same time. Mm. If I had the opportunity to bring on people, I probably need another five or six people to really do it justice and, and take the actual strain away from where I am at the moment. Not to say that is a strain because I really enjoy doing what I'm doing, but naturally a business, its biggest resource is its, is its people. Yeah. And as you grow, you need the right people in the right places to be an extension of what you are and what the brand is mm. to be able to fully embrace the opportunity that you have. So I'm guessing you haven't had, had many days off in the last three years, Chris. Um, I've actually booked my first holiday in October, but already dates are already coming through where it's actually clashing here and there. <laughs> and I took yeah. my grandma. My grandma's Italian. I took her back to see the family. She lives up north at the moment. I took her back to see the family in Naples where I went for like a long weekend. Nice. 
Yeah. It was supposed to be a week, but it turned into a long weekend because Sodexo, one of the biggest contract caterers, invited me in for a meeting. And with huh. those guys, you can't really say no to. No, so no. I had to change all my flights around to be able to fit that in. And it ended up being like a long weekend instead of a weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a, I'm looking forward to I'm certainly going to try in October to switch everything off. But easier said than done. Yeah. Um, because as, your, as, as Sod's Law has it, there's always different things that happen to at these kind of times. The last time... Yeah. I went on holiday. I was still working full time on this business, but mm-hmm. we were in Cyprus. I went to Cyprus with the family and we had to do a full product recall from a hotel room in oh, Cyprus. No. So it gives you an idea about being able to switch no. off in these kind of instances. No, it's difficult, isn't it? Because when, when you do get those instances that you can switch off, that's often when you, you get these great ideas. But uh, equally, if something like that comes up, you want to know about it so you can react. Yeah, completely. And for me as, yeah. a, pers- as a person, I don't get stressed I deal with stress really well but for me sitting on a beach now and doing nothing would be stressful when there's so much that needs to be done so even in that kind of vein I I, I like working I like being on top of things yeah sure you can call me a control freak to an extent but (laughs) I'm in a much better place when everything every box is ticked and everything's in place and the business works efficiently yeah uh, which is a very few days of the year uh, and i know you're a busy man so i won't keep you much longer i just wanted to ask at quite a few of the events we've done recently been chatting to um quite a few of the brands i just name checked and the importance of branding and, and, and packaging um how much has yours changed since the first ideation um and how pleased are you with how it is at the moment because i've shown it around the office here everybody thinks it's a darn fine looking product and people yeah. get it straight away and what it does Good. I mean, that was a problem when we first started was our our branding has changed completely. Right. Um, it used to be a very white base branding with the only colours being on the label itself was for the colours of the name of the drink. So apple and mint used to be in green, for example. Mm. And what we found was it worked quite well on an artisan level and it worked quite well as a standalone product. But when we put it on a shelf, on a on a busy kind of a, the, one of the first places we got a listing was John Lewis in Oxford Circus. And when we put it on the shelf there and when we were sampling, people liked it. People asked where we can buy it. We pointed them towards a the direction of the fridge where we were listed. And you'd watch people run the fingers up and down the shelves trying to find the product. Hmm. And the white against the lights, against the mirrors, against the other kind of loud brands there just got completely lost. And as much as people understood the concept when I was there explaining it to them when we were doing sampling in these kind of areas, we kind of needed a brand to talk for us when we weren't there, to have a, yeah. have a characteristic, to have some have some personality itself while it's sat on a shelf. So it was about bringing the amino acid and the hydration plus concept to life. And we've certainly got that with the, the compound of the amino acid now imprinted onto the front of the labels. And even our brand face logos changed a lot. We had kind of like a Celtic typeface when when it actually spelled out rejuvenation. I'm sure you'd be able to Google it and find a few iterations of the previous branding. But our new branding has three water droplets in there. So when we start talking about hydration and we start talking about hydration to consumers, Mm. it's subliminally written in there. We don't actually have an A in rejuvenation. It's simply a, a water droplet. And that's something we've we've leveraged over the, the last year since we've done it and something that I think speaks volumes when we're not there to explain the brand while it's on its shelf. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, okay, well, listen, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you and look forward to getting our audience to, uh, to listen to this as well. Great stuff. Uh, if you need any more, anything else, you know where I am, drop me a line. 
So before I talk about Chris Ingham, I'd like to give you a special offer to attend our October the 13th first ever Startup and Scale Summit in sunny Bournemouth. So all you need to do is go to the Startup U Eventbrite page, enter the code Just Do It, all lowercase, and you'll get 20% off. We've got over 10 speakers. Headline speaker is Piers Linney from Dragon's Den and a host of others on there as well who are going to be talking about everything from building a knockout brand to making your marketing matter, how to successfully exit your business, how to scale your business, how to build a team, anything and everything um, that you've told us you need when we've surveyed you at our live events um, with regards to both starting up and scaling a business. Loads of opportunities to interact with each other and with our speakers and with our mentors and our investors and also to attend all our complimentary workshops as well. So an event like this would normally retail hundreds of pounds uh, to do it. We're going nine to five the whole day long. So very different from just the evening events we've done before. I'd love as many of you as possible to come. And now I'm speaking to people in 83 countries, which I still struggle to get my head around, which is amazing. Um, but I'd love for you to come. Um, love to meet you in person and love for you to get all the value that we're going to be able to offer you in helping you um, really take your business to another level from the information you're going to get, um, the education, the inspiration, uh, the connections, and the sense of community that you get from um, this first ever Screw It, Just Do It Startup and Scale event. So as I say, just go to Eventbrite's um, Startup You page. You'll see the October the 13th event there. Just enter the code Just Do It in the promo code um, and drop me a message. Let us know at Alex Chisnell on Twitter and LinkedIn. Let us know that you're coming. Love to see you there. So moving on, um, just pick up a couple of things from Chris, something probably never mentioned um, on the show before, but is you know, doing your due diligence. If something um, sounds too good, smells too good, feels too good, it usually probably is too good. Um, so there are lots of different scams out there, without a doubt, people looking to take advantage of you and your money and your business. Um, so do your due diligence when it comes to partners, when it comes to manufacturers, um, anybody you're working with. Don't be um, don't be caught out. Um, co-founders. So how do you go about finding a co-founder? So um, Chris literally put an advert out there and found one. Um, problem shared, problem halved, etc., and all that. So um, if it's something you're doing, I think LinkedIn's a great place. Um, to build connections and uh, get to actually see what people have done, um, how active they are, what they're doing now on those kind of platforms. Um, you know, put something out there, put exactly who you're, you're looking for, what kind of person you're looking for. Is it somebody who has a complete opposite skill set to yourself, somebody who has the experience in the sector that you don't have, um, or somebody who can provide the money whereas you can provide the time? So lots of different options to think about. Um, and lastly, something to touch on is, is repositioning so um, the customer understands what you're offering. So as you know, startup journey is all about testing, 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 going again, finding what worked, what doesn't work. Chris um, found out that people were uh, was perhaps a little struggling a little bit with um, being educated as to the, the amino acids, etc. So made it really, really simple, as he talked about in the podcast there with regards to the branding, the packaging, uh, making it far easier for people to understand, i.e. the hydration element. 
So I'm looking to get Chris to one of our events in London, um, our next London event, which should be uh, this autumn. It's going to be October, November, just waiting for a confirmation date, and I'll let you guys know. Um, in the meantime, have a great week. Um, take a look at the speakers we've got for our summit on October the 13th, and um, love to see you there. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. You'll be able to see our upcoming events calendar for the UK, pick up a ticket from as little as £10, which includes complimentary drinks and the opportunity to meet and connect with like-minded entrepreneurs, find a mentor or an investor. You'll also have the opportunity to meet our speakers and ask them your burning questions in person. Hope to see you there. If you're an entrepreneur looking to start or scale their business, then I'd love to help you. Being part of the Startup You community means we can help you in a number of ways. Simply go to Facebook and find Startup You Club through the different groups on there and join. We can help you in a number of different ways through daily inspiration and education, through to accessing funding, investment and mentoring. In fact, pretty much anything that you'll need on your startup journey. And if you've got a great story that you'd like to share, then I'd also love to hear from you. Just go to startupu.co.uk, click on the contact page and drop me a message. I'd also love to connect with you personally it's at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn and Twitter and at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. And if you enjoyed listening to this particular episode, then please subscribe and I'd massively appreciate a review. All you need to do is click on the ratings and review tab on iTunes and leave us your thoughts on there. Until the next show, remember, don't wait. The time will never be right. Action always beats intention. So just screw it, just do it. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screw it, just do it to enter.